Hi everyone, I'm here to give you some tips and tricks about ultrasound guided IV access. I know we've all been in the situation, the nurse comes to you and says, look, I can't get access, can you just throw in an ultrasound line? Um, and how many of you feel very confident that you can do this just about every time? I know it can be, can be intimidating and tricky, um, but it's something that is kind of becoming a core skill. Um, there are situations where it's really an IO, a central line, or an ultrasound guided line, and maybe less drastic of an example, sometimes you just need it to speed up your workup and get some fluids in. Um, otherwise, you're gonna have some serious delays. So let's talk about how we can do how we can do this a little bit better. The main takeaways are gonna be the size of the catheter you use, to avoid ever looking for flash, and to know how to follow the tip of your needle. All right, first things first. These smaller IVs uh, that we use with landmark-based placement just aren't long enough for ultrasound-guided IVs. You're going to need these longer ones, about 1.88 inches. Um, if your de department doesn't have them, you really should get them. I use these every time, even in kids. And the reason is um, the procedure you use to get these in, you track through more sub-Q tissue to get into the vessel, even the ones that aren't that deep. And then when anyone moves their arm, it pulls on that sub-Q tissue and it pulls it right out of the vessel. So I use the long ones every single time, and I suggest that to everybody. Also, you're gonna ignore the flash. And this can be tricky, especially for people that are pretty good at doing this landmark base and have been doing it for a long time that way. The temptation there is to use the ultrasound like a vein finder to kind of get an idea of where that vein is and then just resort to your landmark based um, procedure. Um, but if you're gonna do it the way I suggest, which is to follow your needle tip all the way into the vessel, then the flash is really just going to make things harder for you. Finally, you need to have knowledge of where the tip of your needle is. Not just a good guess, not just a guess that's right a lot of the time, but you need to have a justified knowledge of where that needle tip is. First, you need to get yourself set up right. You don't wanna be doing this, uh, where your needle's over here and you're turning all the way around to find the screen. You wanna be set up in a nice line from where your hand is to the patient's arm to the screen so that all you have to move is your eyes to figure out what's going on. Then you're gonna use the tourniquet even when you're finding the vein. This is something I, I see people put it on when they try and get access, but when they're searching for the vein to use, they don't have it on. And the problem is the weight of the ultrasound will just kind of compress that vein and, and you'll never find the vein to go for. Lidocaine is something I very rarely use, but it is a good tool to know about, especially when they've been poked over and over. They're really not tolerating it. You know you're gonna to have to go for something deeper and maybe it's gonna take a little bit of time. Um, and yes, it's another poke, but this can give you that, that extra buffer and, and keep that patient still um, for those really difficult lines. So not something I use all the time, but it is definitely something to have in your back pocket. All right, what veins to go for? Really, we should be going for more distal and more superficial veins, so preferably in the forearm and preferably less than a centimeter deep. Um, when I first started doing this, I would go for the basilic vein a lot. It's that medial one under the bicep. Um, and it is a good recess line if there's nothing else, if it's that or an IO, it just isn't gonna last very long because it tracks through so much subcutaneous tissue that it's eventually going to, going to pull out. Um, and the other thing is that the pick nurses really like to preserve that for when they place a pick. So if at all, you try and try and avoid that. There is some data on this. This was a study that looked at lines that were placed with ultrasound guidance, and then 48 hours later, they looked at what was still working. Um, as you can see, the deeper uh, the deeper the vessel, um, they were much less likely to still be working at it. Specifically, once you get past about a centimeter, it drops off precipitously. Um, the same is true for for more proximal um, veins. So try and go more distal and try and go more shallow. All right, if this is what this is what a needle looks like going into a vessel, but if this is what you think an ultrasound guided line is gonna look like, then you're doing the procedure wrong. 
The reason for that is because if the beam of your ultrasound is over the tip of the needle, it's going to look like the screen on the right. But if it's over any other part of the needle, it's going to look exactly the same. The problem with that is you think you're looking at the tip of your needle, but you're not. So you get closer and closer to the vessel, and then it looks like you're in, but really you're already way through the back wall. So you look down and you see that you have flash, and you look at the screen and it looks like you're in the vessel. So you try and throw the catheter, and it goes right through the back wall into the sub-Q tissue and it blows. And then you get to spin the wheel of excuses. They wouldn't hold still, or they're valvy, or the veins rolled, or whatever. But in reality, uh, you just didn't follow the needle all the way into the vessel because you didn't know where the tip of your needle was. So you need to have knowledge of the tip of your needle, and there's two ways of doing this. You can either do it longitudinally, which is an excellent way to visualize the whole needle, but it's quite difficult. Or you can do it axially with either what I would call either kind of the dump and chase or maybe more appropriate for Maine, the, the catch and release method. The idea here is that you're going to start without visualizing it and then you're going to hold the probe still and advance the needle until you see a dot. Then you move the probe while holding the needle still until you lose it. Then you hold the probe still, advance the needle until you find it again. You keep doing this and every time you see a dot, you're verifying that that dot is the tip of your needle and not some other part of it. And when you get into the vessel, you just drop your angle a little bit and you keep going. You follow it all the way in. This is what it looks like on your ultrasound screen. So you hold the probe still and then you move your needle until you see a dot at the top. Hold the needle still, move the probe forward until you lose it. Hold the probe still, advance your needle, now you see a dot a little bit lower. and You keep doing this. And you'll notice that most of the time you're actually not seeing any dot on your screen. But the trade-off is that every time you see a dot, you know it's the actual tip of your needle and not some other part. You follow that all the way into the vessel, drop your angle, and keep going. And then you take your catheter out, and you have a line that's going to last. This is what it looks like. Here's a video from ultrasoundpodcast.com. You'll notice that they're only ever moving one of the hands. All right, the longitudinal approach is the other way to do it, which is a, is a great way, but it does take quite a bit of practice. The reason it's difficult is because the width of that ultrasound beam is about the width of the needle. So if you're right on top of it, you're going to get this beautiful visualization of the entire needle. But if you're fanned off even just a degree or two, you're not going to see anything. And if you're straight up and down, but you're translated off just a millimeter or so, you're not going to see anything. And if you're rotated even just a few degrees, you're going to see next to nothing. So um, if you start and you see something and then you notice that you don't, hold that needle still and make those little tiny micro adjustments, fanning, translating, rotating with the probe until you see it again, and then you can continue moving the needle. All right, some other pitfalls. Sometimes when the needle is just on top of the vessel, you get this kind of tenting action like this, and you get this artifact where it looks like the needle is under and inside the lumen of the vessel, but it's really not. If you try and thread the catheter then, it's going to stay on top of the vessel, go into the sub-Q tissue, and it's not going to work. So what you need to do here is, is keep following that needle tip, and all of a sudden it'll kind of spring up, and then you'll feel it. You'll get a tactile sensation of it kind of floating in that vessel, and then continue following it through the lumen of that vessel, and then, and then it'll be successful. Another pitfall, because the arm goes up and down, I often see people try and you know use the direction of the arm with the, with the probe, but let's say you're going for this vein here that's diagonal. If you move the probe in the, in the axis of the arm, now you have a moving target with your vessel that's moving left to right. Instead, just take those extra few moments, find the trajectory of that vein, find that path, and follow along there so that the target is actually the same. That way you have a nice kind of straight road roadmap for you.
And then finally, sometimes you know your needle was right in the middle of the probe kind of footprint, you put it in and you see nothing. If that's the case, hold that needle still and then kind of fan that probe so it's more perpendicular to your needle and that'll increase the echo you get from that. Because um, sometimes you know you're in the right spot and you're seeing nothing. So just hold the needle still, change that fanning angle and things should brighten up for you. All right, so the main takeaways. You're gonna use the long catheters every time. You're gonna ignore the flash. You're gonna use distal and superficial veins, and you're gonna have knowledge of your needle tip. And then you gotta practice. And don't practice on that first incredibly difficult one that everyone's poked 100 times. Don't make that your first try. Try on one that you think you're gonna get that has decent veins and do it over and over until you get really good at this. And feel free to reach out to me with any questions. Um, and good luck, thanks so much.